Welcome back to the Zert Coffee and Chaos Podcast, a show where we will talk about anything and everything relating to what it means to be a prepared individual and a survivalist in today's day and age. Back on the show with me today is Jamie Franks. Jamie, as always, welcome back to the show. Happy Thursday. I feel like I need some kind of catchphrase. Got uh, something. I'll have to work on that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we are recording on Thursday, and, and obviously the show also comes out on Thursday. Um, you know, when it comes to these podcasts, and you and I have had this conversation, um, th- there was a minute where I had, I think, three weeks of, of shows recorded all the time, and now it's just, whether it's the summertime and, and just a little bit busier uh, uh, over with Clark Armory, it just, we end up recording on the same day. And, I, and when I first started this thing, we used to record on that same day and then put out on that same day. But I, what I wanted to start to do was just to kind of stack these up. And I do have a list of things to talk about. It's just finding, finding the time. It's, uh, it's one thing we can't get, can't get more of each day, which brutal. But yeah, we'll have to come up with a catchphrase. <laughs> I'm Jamie Franks, and that's all you need to know. I'm Jamie Franks, and I says, "Who ya? Who ya? You know." And we got onto this. And a week from today, I'm going to be. Uh, I'm, I'm excited because I have another training class. You sent me a picture of a uh, of a training class that you're taking, and something that we've talked about uh, in almost every episode is is the the need for training, whether it's firearms, medical, or survival training, and to go out there and and practice and. You know, I love to see one of the instructors for Zert going out and taking other people's classes. And same thing, like when I t- when I tell people that I'm going to take a class next week, they are asking if it's a Zert class or not. And I'm like, well, no, I'm I'm going out and taking as much training from as many people as I can, um, exactly, because I think that's important. Um, and so you sent that, and I was telling you, I was like, yeah, well, you know, I had a I had a great yesterday afternoon. I, I was I was walking the dog and. And it was almost like fortuitous that they knew we were going to be talking about stuff like this today or serendipitous, whatever you, whatever big word you want to throw in there with an O-U-S at the end of it. But um, I was walking my dog Stella and she kind of lunged for a dog across the street because she was just being a jerk. And I yoked up on the, on the leash on my left, left with my left arm and immediately felt something strain slash tear and uh, I was like, wow, a week before class, and this happens, a week, not also, also to mention, I was supposed to go golfing tomorrow, and I think I'm going to have to just bail on that, because I want to make sure that it is not injured, and when I when I said that to you, you were like, well, good thing we're going to be talking about fitness today, so that is the subject <laughs> of today's podcast, is is kind of the reality of where you are versus your movie self. <laughs> um, and basically, you know, we are all, I, I don't know if we're fragile, I, who knows, but my shoulders have been horrible. Um, I've torn my right one three times, had it operated on twice. I, I tore my left one in an accident, um, like a trip and fall accident, and I had that operated on in 19. And I remember, and it was actually, I fell off a deck and there was a a lawsuit involved. And I remember telling my lawyer at the time uh, when, when the whole lawsuit was being taken care of and they were trying to figure out, you know, what it needed to be. I said, listen, it's, it's not a question of, 
if my left one is going to get torn again. It's just a matter of when. Like once your shoulder is compromised, you're just you're you're, you're bound to have them. And I don't know if my shoulders are just the way my body is. Who knows? I'm not a medical guy, but yeah, I mean, I I found that to be pretty standard. Um, and I'm by no means am I a doctor or anything. Uh, but like when I was at Water Survival. Um, we used to see a fair amount of, well, two things. We used to see a fair amount of shoulder dislocations and uh, hypothermia. And like uh, our medical people both always said that like, once you dislocate your shoulder, like the first time you're going to be like prone to it forever now. And same thing with hypothermia. Like if like when you, oh, really? like if you get hypothermia, uh, you're going to be like prone to it, like from then on. So huh. yeah, that, that, that tracks. But, I didn't I, so. now see, I didn't know that about, um, about hypothermia. So if you get it once you're prone to that, huh? Uh, like I know, um, like one of my friends was in, like we were in buds together. Um, and you know, he, we made it, he made it all the way through first phase and then, uh, he made it all the way through second phase and was actually going into third phase. But, um, I guess when he was in second phase, uh, which is dive phase, um, in first phase, you're just constantly getting beat down. Um, like that, like most of what people know about buds training or seal training, like what they've seen on TV, the, like the huge majority of what they show on TV is all first phase. It's all, it's running, it's doing pushups. It's, you know, paddling the boats and doing the logs and hell week and all that stuff is all first phase, but second phase is all diving. And, uh, the, the dot, like the rebreather rigs that, uh, Navy seals use, um, you're breathing like hundred percent oxygen. So, when you make it to second phase and you're breathing like pure oxygen all the time, like your body, you just get jacked. Like that's when, like in first phase, like everybody's like skinny uh, and lean. Cause you're just, you're burning just insane amounts of calories, which we're going to talk about later. And, uh, but then like in second phase, you're, you're, co- you're diving and you're constantly breathing hundred percent oxygen. So you're, you know, your body, um, you know, we're finding out, with like TBI, traumatic, traumatic brain injury and stuff like that, like pure oxygen is a, is a good way to treat that because pure oxygen makes your body regenerate uh, better and faster. So all these dudes in second phase are like, you know, that's when your like muscles really start to grow and everything. But anyway, my buddy uh, during second phase, he like, he got hypothermia like once and then he got it twice. And then it was like, he was like, we call it hyping out. Like he was, they were having to pull him out with hypothermia, like every dive after that. Oh, wow. they, they said like, once you, once you start getting it, it's like your body, your body just um, becomes uh, like prone to it or whatever. Yeah, that's insane. Uh, just, I mean, you know, it, it looks like the, the percentage of, of rotator cuff tears is in the 20 to 35 percent. And then obviously that changes with, with age ranges. But, you know, I've and, and the, the doctor, I, I, I think I remember asking, I'm like, why, why are my shoulders like why are both of my shoulders get, being torn like this and i mean i can remember each time uh each time that i that i did it um i I think the first time i did it was actually at the gym um and then it kind of healed over time um and the the second time i tore that one it was uh slippery stairs um and i remember fall or sliding down the stairs it was on ice and i put my right arm out to brace myself on the wall but my body obviously fell, and so my arm, you know, got ripped up. Um, that that one got repaired, 
And then the next time, <laughs> I, this was 2016, it was right before the NRA show, uh, I was loading a power washer onto the back of my father's truck for me. And I thought it was all the way on, and I stepped away from it, and I heard the thing start to fall out of the truck. And instinctively, I reached out and grabbed it and caught it, and it continued to fall to the ground and just, boom, tore my shoulder again. Never had that one fixed, and it just kind of scarred over, I'm I'm assuming. And then, like I said, the left one was a, a fall off of a deck about three and a half feet in the air, and my arm was bent in a 90 degree angle and I fell on my like on my forearm and then my body just the weight of my body just obviously tore that up so yeah fun times but uh you know it's you you brought something up and you can go ahead and and put that statement out there for the show and and then I'll kind of respond to it but you, you said something when i when i told you about that and and i think it goes along to um kind of what this is all about like and go ahead and make that statement about you know if well, you, i just so a few podcasts ago you referenced uh, an article that you had read that if there was like some sort of like widespread mass loss of the power grid um, that 90% of people would be dead in nine months. Right. Right. Um, I'm sure that probably everybody or almost everybody that was listening to that thinks that they're going to be in that 10% for whatever reason. Um, but the reality is 90% of the people that were listening to you spout off that statistic are probably not going to be that the, the 10% night, you know, um, you can't just decide that you're going to be strong or tough. You can't just decide that you're not going to get hurt. Like we see it in movies all the time. And that's why they put it in movies because it looks, it's fantasy and it looks fantastical. I think that's a word. I think it is for Um, today. But uh, like you see like Rocky, he's, you know, he's, he's in the 12th round and he's getting beat and he looks over to the crowd and he sees Adrian and he just decides that, I'm not going to be beat and I'm going to stand up and I'm going to take these punches. Well, the real world doesn't work like that. No. Um, you, you can't just all, you can't, you know, you, I used to hear it all the time when I was a kid. Like, um, yeah, even when I was a kid, I was in pretty good shape and I took karate and stuff. And like, I'd hear all these other kids go, well, I'm not very big and I'm not very strong, but if you back me into a corner, you better watch out. Like, no, if I'm stronger than you, I can back you into the corner and I'm still going to win. And you can back me into a corner and I'm still going to win. And we can move out into the middle of the corners and I'm still going to win. And like it, you know, like we talk on this podcast all the time about preparation and most of it revolves around like, you know, bushcraft skills or firearm skills or bow staff skills or, you know, whatever. But, um, you know, being in shape is a survival skill and it's a huge survival advantage. Um, I think you forgot to mention nunchuck skills. Oh yeah. Well, well I mean, I just figured it went without saying, but, right. uh, um, that was a great Napoleon like, dynamite, great Napoleon dynamite <laughs> reference there. And I caught it just so you know, <laughs> but, but yeah, but it, like real life is not like the movies. You can't just decide to be strong. And like, uh, last week, my sister was here visiting and, um, in San Diego here, we have some really great hikes and some of them are really cool and really, um, 
I always call them like rewarding hikes where, you know, when you get to the top of the mountain or whatever, you're rewarded with some, you know, great view or whatever. And, uh, we have a hike here that's kind of in the middle of town. And like, I, I've kind of made the joke, uh, cause my sister asked me how hard it was. And I made the joke. I was like, uh, college girls do this hike all the time with a Starbucks latte in their hand. And, you know, it's not that hard. <laughs> um, and my sister is like, she's not fat, she, but she's not fit either. Like she, um, she diets, she watches what she eats, uh, you know, and she keeps herself. Does she um, listen to this? I don't know. Okay. But I'm, I'm not saying anything that I wouldn't say to her anyway, but, okay. um, but, but she keeps her weight down and everything, but, but she's, but she's not a fit person. And I've tried a million times to try to get her to kind of embrace fitness and she always, her little retort is always, well, I'm not running unless somebody's chasing me. But there again, that goes back to this mindset of you can just decide when you're going to be strong because if I'm chasing you, you're going to lose because I'm a runner and you're not. And you, and you know, that looks good in movies, but it's, it's just, it just isn't reality. And so I took her on this hike and it, it is it is a relatively easy hike. It's, it's uh, three miles total. It's, it's about a mile and a half to the top. And then you turn around and come back down and like literally about a half a mile in, like she was telling me and my 11 year old daughter, like you guys just go ahead, just leave me. I'll just wait here. You guys just go, go to the top finish. And I'll just, and like, I had to keep like motivating her like every step of the way. And I eventually did get her to the top and we, and she was rewarded with this amazing view. And we took a, a picture at, at the top of the mountain and all this stuff. And like at the end of it, she, you know, thanked me for not leaving her and, and motivating her to keep going. Um, and kind of just, I was just having to like think of things to talk about to, to try to distract her. But, um, you know, if you're in a survival situation or, you know, these, these preparedness situations that we've talked about, like there may not be anybody there to motivate you. Like you, you kind of are going to need to motivate yourself. And really that should start before you're ever in one of these situations, you know, sure. that's, and that's what prepping is. Yeah. And, and I, and exactly right. It, it's right there in the word prepared being just, it, it's all of it. It's part of it. Being prepared individual means not, not trying to learn the skill or, or acquire the gear when you need it. It's having it beforehand. But so to, to kind of just circle back to the whole, you know, piece with my shoulder and whatnot. And because at the end of the day, right, like, let's just say this was a situation where we uh, like, I couldn't, I couldn't say, Oh, Hey, Mr. Bad guy, I, I hurt my shoulder yesterday. So I can't, I can't engage in this altercation or whatever. Right. Like, go back to that, you know, stay in the fight, never out of the fight type thing. Like I'm not going to not do training next week because I hurt my shoulder. Now, could I have built up quote unquote armor around this shoulder by going to the gym and, and building muscle around it? I mean, potentially, but I just go back to how I injured it in the, in the first place was at the gym. Now that could have been too heavy of a weight, whatever, you know, screwing up the exercise, but there's, I think there is what you're talking about is being prepared and, and embracing a, a fitness journey. But it's also, I think it's a little bit different if somebody incurs an injury, right? Like, I mean, you're, you're not stating that because you're in this fitness th thing and this, this journey and because you are as fit, you don't, you're not 
cannot speak today need a second cup of coffee you're not prone to injuries right that's not what you're no so i mean it's and it's interesting that you make that point like um it's funny i i wish i'd i wish i'd taken note of his name as uh i was watching a comedy show the other day and it was this uh black comedian black male comedian and uh one of the little bits he did he had this little stool like a little step stool up on stage and then, like, in the middle of his act, he's, like, just all of a sudden just stood up on the stool and, like, looked at the crowd. And, like, and he said, just by stepping up on this stool, I just cut the crowd in half, he said, because everybody that's under the age of 40 is just confused and doesn't know what I'm doing. Everybody over the age of 40 is also confused and doesn't know what I'm doing, but they all know that I'm now in danger, you know, so – Age is, is a factor, and when <laughs> right. we get older, we start to look at things differently. Like, just by him stepping up on that stool, everybody over age 40 is like, whoa, whoa. Um, but being in shape, it do, it has many, many benefits. I, like, I always like to say, like, being in shape makes everything better, and it makes everything easier. I mean, you look better, you feel better, you sleep better, sex is better, um, you live longer. It makes you more confident in general. It makes you more uh, able to handle stress in many different forms. Um, it makes you think more clearly because you're putting yourself in this situation of like voluntary discomfort when you're working out. So a lot of people like my sister on that hike, they get bogged down with this physical stress that they're not used to. And it clouds your decision making for everything else, you know. So um, and it all. So it doesn't, it, it can make you less prone to injury, but shit happens, you know, like kind of what you just said with the thing falling out of the back of the truck, like stuff like that happens there's, and there's really nothing you can do to stop that. However, if you're in shape, your body's going to be more resilient and it's going to be able to heal faster. Um, right. And, and just the other day I, I taught a shooting class this weekend and I, like I tend, I, I get up every morning and, and, uh, and work out. And I taught a shooting class this weekend. And I mean, I'm 44 years old. And I, the only thing I can think of that I did was at one point during the shooting class, I kind of did this weird thing with my leg where um, I was moving a steel uh, target stand. Okay. And I just, um, I pushed it with my leg, like kind of 90 degrees, like as if, uh, All right. I, I don't know how to describe it. Uh, like, if, if my toes were pointing forward and I just, and I just stepped laterally to the left with, yeah. with my leg, I, I kind of was pushing it like that. And like this morning, like when I got up to work out, like my hip flexor is like killing me. And like, the only thing I can think of is it must've been when I did that, when I did that kind of weird, odd, unusual movement and pushed this big, heavy steel target stand to the side with, uh, with my leg. But I've been sore before I've been right. hurt before I know what it feels like. Yep. Um, and so like it, it's, it's a little bit of a nuisance. I know I need to stretch it out. I know I need to probably massage it a little bit, but I can still continue on with my workout and I know I'm not injured yeah. and I know I'll be okay in a couple of days. And, and, and so it's, you know, it's things like that, that, that are a non-factor, but if it was an injury, um, you know, because I'm a pretty fit person in general, I'll probably heal faster and, and then, and go back to, Go back to it being a no factor that way. Sure. So you, you know, it's it's funny that we're talking. And one of the mindless shows that sometimes I watch when I'm sitting on the couch doing 
extra after hour work um, for Clark Armory is it, it, Netflix, right? And there's a you're around the same age as me, so I think you probably remember it. Um, there's a great documentary on a show that I remember watching when I was a little bit younger. Say American Gladiators. Yep, it is. Yeah. Did, did you watch it yet? Yeah, it's awesome. So it it is pretty awesome, and you know, I mean, it's this documentary about what happened behind the scenes of that phenomenon of the American Gladiator show, and you know, these were a bunch of fit athletes who were pushing their bodies day in and day out, um, and you know, the injuries that they that they um, that they got and and that they all had um and you know kind of some of the things that they did to to handle these and obviously some of them were um you know different drugs steroids um i mean i i remember that one zap was talking about this like alternative to morphine it was like a little shot and she was addicted to it for for six years to you know kind of mask the pain because as a performer like that and you're performing on this whether they were shooting in season or whether they were on the road, they were, I think, seven days a week is what they said? Yeah. That's insane. That's insane. But, you know, so let's let's go back to, I think we brought it up on one of the podcasts a couple weeks ago, and it was based off of something Paul said that Aaron had said about, oh, I know that I got 32 seconds before I'm gassed out in an altercation. You know, there's a lot to unpack with that and he's not wrong i mean i clearly remember a situation back in the day that i was completely gassed after a couple of minutes and it was a it was a bar fight type situation and i was a bouncer at the time and it was not a you know most times there's there's strength in numbers but this was not a strength in numbers situation and it was me and one-on-one with Another dude who was bigger than me and holy crap, like moving, you know, 200 plus pounds around, I was gassed, totally gassed. Now, I am not saying that I'm in different or I'm I'm in better shape now than I was. I'm, I mean, I'm older now. I, I have dropped some weight and I did that because I was having knee replacement surgery last year. So, you know, I have dropped 30 pounds and I want to drop another 20, but there's more to it than just dropping weight. Just like you said about your sister, right? Yep. And I think that's important because we talk about those things that we, that you referenced about, you know, surviving if, if the grid goes down or whatnot, but more than that, your vehicle goes off the road, you have no cell service, your cell phone's gone, it's been smashed, and you need to hike home. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, what, you know, one of the points I was going to make uh, that I guess I'll make now is that kind of like a, a challenge that I would make to people because I've talked about this before. Um, everybody puts their bug out bag together and their, you know, their tactical gear or whatever together, and, you know, they, they have it in their garage and they just, you pick it up and hold it for five seconds and kind of bounce it up and down in your hands. And you go, Oh, this doesn't feel too bad. And you put it back down and you tell yourself, yeah, I could carry that if I had to, or like, you know, going back to my sister, Oh, if somebody was chasing me no problem, but you, you picked it up and you held it in your hands and you bounced it up and down like a baby for, for four or five seconds. And you tell yourself, Oh yeah, this is good. You know, 
in your car, how long does it take you to go five miles? You know, about five minutes, right? Like, right. Um, so in those terms, five miles isn't really that far, but like, I would challenge anybody to like, put on, put, put on your bug out bag, put on all your kit, you know, gr- grab a, a backpack and put a 45 pound weight in it and go walk five miles over uneven terrain and, and really see what that looks like and feels like. Right. Uh, like I do. This, so like one of the things I was going to talk about that I'll get back to in a, in a few minutes, like um, if you, should you decide to, to go on this fitness journey? Like one of the more important aspects of it is finding something that you like to do. Like, cause if you're forcing yourself to do something every day that you hate, it's, it's not going to stick. Right. Um, but like one of the things I genuinely like to do is, um, I like, you know, now we call it now there's the whole go ruck thing, but, um, rucking is a, a word that comes from the military. I like rucking. Um, I, my entire life, um, especially my entire adult life. Uh, I really work hard to be in shape. And as hard as I work, I am a mediocre runner at best. Like I, I'm a phenomenal swimmer, and, but I am, even if I put myself on a program and really work hard at it, I like, I still can really barely get out of what is, what I consider a mediocre runner. Like I, I'm not setting any world records running. So when you say but that, I like rucking. Okay. So when you say that, are you referring to like, running the fastest mile or just running the distance in general? Like what, what is it you, you mean when you say you're a mediocre runner for, I guess just for clarification, what, what, what yeah, I mean, it's, and it's a, that's a good question because it's all, (laughs) it's all relative to my own frame of reference and and in relation to what, to people that I consider good runners. Um, like, and, and the, the best example I can use of that again, is when I was in buds or when I was in seal training, um, when we would do swims, I was always one of the top guys in swimming. When we would do like obstacle course, I was always one of the top guys at the obstacle course. When we would do PT, I was always, you know, in the top half of everybody at PT, but when we would run, I would be kind of towards the back. Like, uh, you know, one of the sayings about buds training is like, everybody has a cross to bear. Like there's, there is nobody that is phenomenal at everything. Like everybody has that one thing that they're not good at. And for me, it was running. And unfortunately for me, running is the thing that you do the most of at buds. So, um, as compared to, you know, this, I think in my buds class, we started out with like 160 or something like that. So out of these other 159 guys that are relatively, relative to me, um, we were all in about the same shape. Um, I was below average on the running. And I mean, I, I still kind of, I know like there's, I think they used to do it every year. I don't know if they still do, but, um, men's fitness used to put out like this special edition every year where it was like the the average American adult male. And, um, like that always makes me laugh because it's like the average American adult male can do 12 pushups. Well, I can do a lot more than 12 pushups. And like, um, like I have this book about swimming that says like the, the average American, uh, cannot swim a quarter of a mile without stopping. Well, I, I can go, I could go swim two miles right now. No problem, you know, and probably in a pretty good time, but, um, but relative to what I think is a good runner or what a re- good runner should be, I feel like I'm mediocre. But, and, and also because like, that has historically been the one thing for me that I really don't excel at. Like I work my ass off at it and I'm still just like the best I can do is pretty good, you know? 
Um, so that, okay. I guess that's what. I'm yeah, that I mean, that's that, you know that that's a good question, and uh, I mean, or I'm sorry, a good answer, but it it's also still a good question because I, I guess I I'm still and by no fault of yours, I'm still confused as to why you think you're a mediocre runner. Um, and I don't know if it comes down to because you're you're comparing yourself to you know Usain Bolt, <laughs> you know what I mean. And everybody is a, a but you know if you're and geez, it's been a it's been a long time since I knew what people are supposed to do a mile in. But I think it was supposed to supposed to be able or a good time for a mile is what still around seven seven to eight minutes for a, for a mile or is, I don't even know. I mean, I remember like that used to be the standard for high school, but I don't know if that's the yeah, same. I mean, it's like if, if you are, if Tim, okay. So um, I guess to, just to help frame this up, um, if you are only running a mile, like I'm going to run one mile as fast as I can and stop. Right. Um, which, which basically means I can, I can exert myself at pretty close to a hundred percent that entire time. So, um, like I would say a good runner can run a mile in six minutes or, or maybe even a little less than six minutes. Um, like it just, as it happens last Friday, um, th- you know, this, this past Friday, I, I entered and ran a 5k race. Um, I ran, so it's 3.2 miles and I did it in uh, 2608. Um, so I was hovering for three miles. I was hovering right around the eight minute pace, which, which I actually do consider that pretty good, especially for a guy my age. Okay. Um, yeah. but like I, I have a, my little Garmin watch that I do everything with. And so like my first mile pace was like seven thirty something. And then my second mile was like right at eight minutes. And then my third mile was, uh, my, you know, my pace started to slow down a little bit. I think my third mile was, uh, like an eight like 840 or something for the third mile. Um, and then, you know, it's 3.2. So then there's an extra little quarter mile there at the end, but, um, but that's not too bad. But, um, but again, I, I would consider like, you're a good runner. If you can run one mile in about six minutes, and then you're a good runner. If you can maintain like an eight minute per mile indefinitely. So that's right. So, right yeah. So I think that's, I think that's the good point to kind of take home here is it, it, it's, you know, if you only have to run a mile, then I guess do it as fast as you can with have enough and then have enough reserve in the tank to do whatever you need to do after you run that mile. But if you are running for a lot longer, yeah, you better pace yourself. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. And so, so being able to hold a, a decent pace for a long period of time is, is my other metric of, of a good runner. Yeah. So. Okay. All right. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, yeah, uh, you know, like I said, I, I have a new knee now, um, a what? A new knee now. Oh, got it. <laughs> new knee, knee. now. Um, you're like, uh, like the blanket that you sleep with is your new knee. No, look at that. Yep. Right. Sounds like that. But no, I have, uh, you know, thankfully I, I have a, a knee replacement that apparently is, from what the doctor told me, he said, no, you, you can do everything that you used to do. And, you know, he's like, if you want to run, I'm like, man, I'm not really a runner. Um, but, I, you know, I used to um, uh, downhill ski. And that's a lot of trauma to the knee, you know. Um, will I attempt to go downhill skiing again? I don't know. You know, I mean, I'd like, I'd like to not have to go back and have this knee operated on again. So, 
I don't know, do I want to preserve it and do what I can um, and get it to last longer? Or do I want to go balls to the wall and reduce the time or the lifespan of what this knee replacement is supposed to have? I don't know. I think uh, that's actually, that's kind of a, a hard philosophical question because um, I guess this is another one of those things where each person would have to to frame up um, where that puts you in relation, you know, relative to where you want to be and where you were before. So, I mean, um, this actually plays into this discussion well because, you know, do, do you want to – you know, sit on your butt and do nothing and prolong the, the service life of this uh, knee replacement or, you know, and then option two is go balls to the wall. I mean, there, there is a middle ground, like, um, and just with fitness, there's also a middle ground. Like um, if you're, you know, if you're a bigger, heavier person, you don't need to be skinny. You don't need to be, you don't need to be a CrossFit champion. And then like, you know, there are people that uh, are in really good shape that feel like if they skip one workout, they're suddenly going to be, you know, some fat obese person. But like um, we've talked many times on this podcast before about how people live in these like false extremes, like, like people constantly tell themselves in all different situations that like, that it, that things have to be one extreme or the other, you know, right. and, it, and it doesn't. Um, so like for me, if I had to get a knee replacement, I would just want to get to back to homeostasis, you know, like I want to get back to um, what is my normal. Like I, I would want, to, you know, if, if I was on a, a knee replacement, I just want to get myself back to where I can just continue um, at the, the, pace and level of activity and level of fitness that, that I was doing before yeah. the knee replacement. Yeah. Um, but if, if the reason why you needed a knee replacement is because you weren't doing anything before, like that's how, um, my dad, my dad had both of his knees replaced and that's because, um, he spent most of his adult life not doing anything. And so his knees deteriorated and he needed a knee replacement. And then after his knee replacement, guess what he did? He went back to doing nothing. So, um, it, that's, it's not gonna, that's yeah, not no. gonna work out well for him in the long run. Yeah. And this one was obviously, this was an injury that happened in 1992. Um, mm -hmm. so, you know, I lived with this, um, injury and its limitations for quite a long time. Um, in fact, the doctor, this was, a, I think, over a decade ago, um, or maybe about a decade ago. I don't know. We'll see. I, I'd have to look at the, the kind of the, the calendar to figure out when it was. But let's just shoot. We'll shoot around a decade ago. And it was when I was living uh, in Florida. I remember talking to the doctor because my knee had gotten pretty, pretty bad. And he was like, You're, he's like, we would never recommend a knee replacement in somebody as young as you, but your knee is bad enough to where you can, you can do it. Um, but they told me, they said, listen, if you do it now, there's only so many times you can do a knee replacement. And I think this is why they wait so long until there's not enough bone for them to repair. And when there's yeah. not enough bone to, re to left to repair, what does that leave you with? Well, it, basically, 
no leg from the knee down. Like, and I asked him, I was very, very, I was like, so you're telling me that you can only do it for so many years and then because of the technology at the time, and then what? Then I'm left to just be a partial amputee? Like, and that was it. And I mean, I remember leaving the doctor like just destroyed at that point. Like, you got to be kidding me. With, you know, it just meant that I had to live with the pain for that much longer. Um, And I didn't really, like, I still did things. I was still active. It wasn't like I'm sitting on a couch, but, you know, he still did things. I just, there was no, there was no extra kind of, you know, um, contact on the knee. So there was no, obviously there was no running or if I wanted to, because I knew that running was, a, a great way to, to lose weight, you know, even if you could just run a mile or, or walk, but walking was painful. Standing for long times was painful because there was no cartilage left in my knee. So, yeah. you know, when you, when you, and, and that, you know, that, that hurts your fitness journey. If you decide to do that, like injuries really take you out. I mean, I couldn't imagine if I was in the, in a survival situation where I needed to hike out or, carry somebody out you know then you got my weight and that person's weight all on a bad knee like yeah and so like that kind of brings back you know the point that i was going to about like putting on all your gear putting on your bug out bag and and go walk five miles and find out where you're at you know like uh one of my favorite sayings is don't wait until you're in a fight to find out that you can't fight you know i mean even going back to the American gladiators documentary with Malibu Uh, Malibu was a big, strong guy that looked great in his underpants, uh, but he really wasn't an athlete. Um, And they talked about how like he found out very quickly when he was put into these gladiator situations that he doesn't know how to take a hit. Oh yeah. And uh, they ended up, they, they ended up getting rid of him like for that reason, because like he couldn't take a hit and then, then he got injured. Um, And he got rocked. Like, whether you're on a on a knee replacement or not or whatever i mean like one of the one of the sayings that we have in the military and i think it's like an actual like ancient like samurai saying or something is uh you know cowards never started the weak never finish but a warrior never quits and the the dichotomy in that statement especially i think now is there's so many people that just skip to the end of that and they just tell themselves that they're a warrior right. but meanwhile they they use that as, as an excuse to not start. Right. Well, I don't I don't need to. This guy Jamie, he's an idiot. He doesn't know what he's talking about. I don't need to go carry my bug out bag five miles because I already know I can. I already know I'm a warrior. Well, that's you're you're kind of making the point for me. You know, if if that's your mindset, you know. I you know, and I, 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 like if that's if that is some of the the framework that people have do you have you ever i mean well let me let me back that up a second have people actually said that to you yeah and 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 was your follow-up like well what what led you down that path what makes you think that that's an accurate statement no um you know like the the title of the glenn beck book uh you know don't argue with idiots. Like, you know, <laughs> if, if that's, if that's your stance, I'm going to let you think that. And because like, you know, I said it on one of the other podcasts, like if it comes down to it, then um, I'm just going to use you as my resupply because you're going to be the guy that has a whole backpack full of Gucci gear that 
collapses a mile away from your house and, right. and I'm going to come and steal all your stuff. But, um, but no, um, but I have ran across tons of people um, that they're a hero in their own mind um, for no other reason than they have just, they, they've seen it, you know, what is it? Uh, uh, I'm not a doctor, but I stayed in a yeah. motel. Six <laughs> last night. What is it? The, oh, the Holiday Inn Express. Holiday Inn Express, yeah. But uh, there are a lot of people like that and um, that, well, I don't need to go do this because I know I can. And, and it's like um, one of the kind of fortunate byproducts of being in the military is um, when you make statements like that, like you better be prepared to back it up right now. Um, I, uh, when I was at water survival, like one time we were talking about like somebody was talking about pull-ups, whatever. No, I, I could do this many pull-ups. I could do that many pull-ups. And I, and like, I was literally halfway through eating an Italian beef sandwich. And I was like, dude, I could jump on the pull-up bar and do 20 pull-ups right now. What, you know? And they're like, good, let's go, let's do it. And I, and I had to like put my sandwich down and go out on deck. And I had to go do 20 pull-ups in front of everybody <laughs> right then because I said I could. And, uh, like a similar story when I was at the SEAL team, um, they brought in um, not Hoist Gracie, um, uh, Helio Gracie, um, because the SEAL teams were thinking about um, adopting the uh, Gracie style jujitsu and and actually like putting that into um, into part of the training pipeline. And so they actually brought uh, Helio Gracie out to the SEAL team to like do this demonstration. And like, I guess he was used to talking to just like regular people but he made some statement to the effect of, you know, if one of you guys punched me in the face right now, what I would do, blah, blah, blah. Like, and before he could even finish the sentence, one of the, the team guys just stepped out and decked him across the face, like and oh. punched him as hard as he could. <laughs> and uh, to his credit, it stunned him because he did not expect to get punched in the face two seconds after making that statement. But uh, he actually did. Uh, he took the the seal down and, and submitted him, like, you know, <laughs> with everybody watching. But, but he didn't think that was going to happen. He just thought he was making a statement until a dude just stepped out and punched him in the face. But yeah, uh, well, and every—I mean, that—that's that—that's that statement out there, right? Like everybody's got a plan until you get punched in the face. Like yeah. Um. And you—you you bring up you. I'm glad you brought up Gracie's and obviously you know the the mixed martial arts things. I mean, again, if if you're listening to this show and you and you're the one that makes that statement of. Oh no, I don't need to. I know that I could do this. You know, if I had to in a fight, like you back me in a corner. Okay, just go ahead and and play around, rolling around on the mat, jujitsu, and see if you can get to three minutes. Because remember, a championship round is five minutes. Well, that's what they used yep. to be, right? And then see if you can get to three minutes. Oh, and then by the way, once you get through the three minutes, you got what a a minute break in between, and then you got to do it again. So if you think you can, I rec- I highly recommend doing that. And one of uh, I I have a a good buddy who is very very big into the um, the jujitsu down in Florida, and he tells me all the time. And he used to do the boxing, and then and now he got into this a while back, and and loves it. And he's old, and he's broke his neck before, and like. You know, and I asked him, I was like, dude, when are you going to stop rolling around on the mat with these younger guys? You're going to, you're going to, you're going to really permanently injure yourself. And it's a whole mindset for him. He's like, 
when you in, when you get involved with that discipline, like things change. Your whole life perspective of your life changes completely. Um, and you know, I'm curious about that, right? And I I did it a couple of times right when the Ultimate Fighter started. It wasn't. It was before it was UFC. Um, it was the Ultimate Fighting Championship, and it was those. It was like the All Night. It was the the Ken Shamrock, Hoist Gracie. Um, yeah. ones and that that's well, that when, was UFC that was like UFC one and two right right but it wasn't called UFC at the time I think it was called the Ultimate Fighting Championship which oh, I okay, know yeah. is is the is is what that means but um, it was just obviously it was billed differently it was labeled differently if you remember correctly like you couldn't do it in every um, like it couldn't be done everywhere it had to be in certain states because of yeah you know what it was um, there was no there was no rounds and it, there was no weight classes I remember there watching was no that rounds, no weight classes like and, um, and if it you, was brackets right so if you were the champion that meant you had already fought three times earlier that night. exactly so it was brutal so so um, going back to you know going back to that and the reason what, where I was going with that story is I've because of you know, my, my change in my diet and, and dropping some weight. And, and I wanted to get back involved with that. Um, and be, but because of my knee injury up until now, I couldn't do it because my knee, the range of motion was, was just not going to work. And then when I got the knee fixed, I even remember asking my buddy down in, in Florida, I was like, Hey, listen, like, you know, I want to get back into this. I said, but he's like, well, first off, he's like, can you sit back on your heels? So basically, you know, on your knees and then your ass on your heels. And I was like, mm, I know I can do it on my right leg, but I don't know if I can do it on my left. He was like, you know, I, I don't know. He was like, there there may be some things that you can do, but you're never going to be able to do all of it because you have to be, I mean, your flexibility has to be above what the normal person can do, right? Because of the positions that you may find yourself in. And if you don't know, if you don't believe that, Go back and watch some of these videos and some of the positions that these people end up in, and you'll see probably why you need to be that flexible. Yep. But, like, one of the – couple of the other points I wanted to kind of hit on sure. is, uh, like, I think, you know, we live in a time where – uh, everybody is an expert, therefore nobody is an expert. You know, like people now don't even want to listen to their own doctors that went to medical school for 10 years because they Google searched this thing. It, it took me 37 seconds to Google search this thing. Therefore, I know more than this doctor that went to, you know, 10 years of medical school or whatever. So right. um, when, when everybody is an expert, nobody is an expert, you know, but like um, we have a saying in the middle. So when, the term operator gets thrown around a lot, but the actual original usage of the term operator um, referred to if you were Delta or if you were SEAL Team 6. If you were one of those two units, you were an operator, and that was it. Like, um, not, not to disparage, like, regular Navy SEALs, but if you were just a regular Navy SEAL at a regular SEAL team, you weren't considered an operator. So the term operator originally was applied to only Delta and only SEAL Team 6. Um, but it gets thrown around a lot now, but like we have a saying in the military is that it takes 10 years to be an operator, but it takes only 10 minutes to dress like one, you know? And so I, like a lot of people conflate those two things because I have a plate carrier and a chest rig and a set of night vision goggles, you know, you're the same as me, but that's, that's not the case. You know, um, this is, 
you know, being in shape or being fit or being tough and all, you know, all these things, it, it's not something that you can buy, you know, look at Oprah Winfrey, Oprah Winfrey, very famously and publicly struggled with her weight, her entire, her entire life, you know, in the spotlight. And she was the, you know, she's the richest woman in the world or whatever. And if you, if fitness was something that you could buy, she would have bought it, but you can't like fitness is the one thing I think that it doesn't come in a box. You can't buy it. There's no secret. You have to put in the time you have to put in the effort and you have to put in the self-discipline or you cannot have it. And you can have, you can go, if you know, if you weigh 300 pounds, you can go and have a surgery and remove some of the pounds off of the scale and remove some of the fat off of your body. But that's still not the same as, no. as being fit and being in shape. Like it, like I really kind of believe that it's like the one thing on earth. It's a one thing that everybody is equal. Like you cannot achieve this thing unless you put in the work, you know, and, uh, people, and it's a daily but, grind. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, a, you, don't, it, you don't get in shape by going to the gym one time. Yeah, that's right. exactly like, um, and we live in, in so, like, whether this is by design or just uh, by accident, we live in a, all Americans now live in a pretty comfortable existence. I mean, we live in the, I think as far as my travels have been, what I've seen in the military, my travels across the earth, all these places, we live in the only place in the world where you can be poor and be fat. You know, like uh, we have gotten very, very comfortable in our existence as Americans. Like you can, uh, you know, you order something on Amazon, it's here the next day, or in some cases it's here the same day. Um, right. You can order, you can, what is like DoorDash and Uber Eats and Postmates. Like um, I, I can say that I have never, ever not once done those things because if I'm going to allow myself to eat those types of foods, which are usually fast foods or, you know, food, things that aren't good for you. If I'm going to allow myself to eat that, I at least have to go get it myself. I'm, I'm not going to resign to having somebody like bring it to me, but, but people do. And, you know, like I said, knowledge is a Google search away because we all carry computers around in our pockets now. Right. And, uh, so we live a life of convenience and whether that, you know, people can call that a conspiracy theory that like, you know, the government is trying to make us weaker so that we're trying to become more dependent or whatever. But when you roll all that together, I think it kind of paints of it. You start to paint the framework of a picture of a Zert member. Like, and, cause I've, I've seen Zert members at, at the, you know, these uh, gatherings and trainings and meet and greets and whatever. And like, you're prepared for this, you know, this apocalyptic thing and you're prepared for this natural or man-made disaster. And you're, you're out training on the gun range and you're out, uh, you, you tell yourself you're, you're preparing for all these things, but you're um, a lot of these guys are missing this little component of it, you know, like, um, and so when, when it, when it comes down to when all of your conveniences that we enjoy in America are suddenly taken away from you, you know, where are you going to be? You're going to be left. And we've talked about this time. And again, um, knowledge and experience Trump gear. Right. Well, like when it, when it comes down to actually throwing on all your kit and going out on foot, um, all you're going to be left with is, is your gear without the, the capacity to carry it very far, you know? And, um, people think that people, people that have never been in the military have a certain like preconceived notion about the military. Like when you're a recruit, they come in and they bang trash cans and they get you out of bed and you put on your PT gear and you go for a run and you go for a PT, but 
as you advance through the ranks, like that becomes less and less and less. And like, you know, now I'm a senior chief, nobody, I'm way past the point where anybody's making me work out. I'm way past the point, I think, where anybody even expects me to, you know, and uh, I take a large measure of pride in the fact that like where I work, most of our, most of the, the military people I work with are between age 18 and 25 and I can outperform most of them. And I take pride in that. And it's not because anybody's making me do it. And here's the little secret. I don't really like doing it either. I, I do it just because I want to, because I want to be strong. And, you know, like, uh, like Malibu and American Gladiators, I want to look good in my underpants. Right. And it's, it's not going to happen by osmosis. I, you know, I didn't, I'm not like Spider-Man and I got bit by a poison spider and I just wake up every day and I'm in shape. Like it, it is, uh, I have to force myself to work out every day. And even though I'm somebody that actually kind of gets into it and it's part of my lifestyle and it's been part of my lifestyle for a long time, I still kind of have to talk myself into it every day. And it's so easy to talk yourself out of it. Um, oh, you yeah. Can, you can always think of an excuse not to do it. It's trust me, it's harder to talk yourself into it. But even me, even a person that that is in shape and has been doing this for a long time, it's still hard for me to, to talk myself into it every day. It's just, but you know, I'm a big, uh, I'm a disciple of Jocko and, you know, Jocko's one of his, uh, big sayings is discipline equals freedom. You know, um, if you put this discipline on yourself, then you have the, the freedom to, to kind of do whatever you want. But, um, so like, I kind of wanted to get into for anybody that wants to get on this journey, like, how do you get started? So do you have okay. any more th- thoughts uh, no i mean i you know what i love is that we are 53 minutes into the episode and now we're just getting into the episode so that's the best part about it it's just <laughs> like you know it, and that's what happens when you and i get to this point it's you know we have so much so much to talk about but you know it, it's a great way to kind of to, to to bring it home is to for all of the people that have, have been listening today and and you know again we've we've said this before be real with yourself. Be yep. be honest with yourself. I I know I like I look at myself in the mirror and I know that I'm I'm not where I need to be or where I want to be. Um, and I'm and I will be the and I will be even more brutally honest. I am the guy who makes all of the excuses as why I, to why I don't go to the gym and do do all of those things. Do I have some weights that I sit there and do at, at home? Yeah, sure. But do I go out there and, and seek it out? I don't. So anybody that is listening to this and you've been here up until now and 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 you are honest with yourself and you and you want to t- kind of take that journey, this is the time to grab the notebook, grab the pen and write down what's going to come out next. Like this is that this is that time. Now you've just enjoyed us for the last last hour just, you know, hearing the stories and <laughs> kind of checking yourself and going, "Okay, yeah, but now's the time." So, discipline equals freedom, which is I I, I kind of like that. I wrote that down and and if you and if you're interested in the journey, then let's hear it. So, like, you know, going back to how Americans now are you know, living a life of convenience. I mean, this really is something that has come about in our lifetime. Like you said, you and I are are approximately the same age. I mean, this, this kind of has happened in our lifetime. And I always like to point out, go find any picture or any video of Woodstock in 1968. Right. Like, and then find me the fat people in that picture. 
Like it's like playing Where's Waldo. There are none. There you you see pictures and videos of Woodstock, and there's twenty thousand people or however many thousand people out there, and like you have to like strain to find one fat person. Like, and so people talk about you know things like the paleo diet. And one of the things I'm going to talk about is losing weight and getting fit are two different things and they're not necessarily one and the same. But uh, one of the things people talk about is like, you know, this paleo diet, but you don't have to go back to the, and the paleo diet is like eating what cavemen ate, you know, right. like, uh, like, like uh, green vegetables, like, you know, fresh from the earth, like unprocessed foods, you know, right. um, things like that. But you don't have to go back to the paleolithic caveman era to find a time where your average person was pretty fit. You only have to go back to the 1960s. Like, and like I said, find a picture of Woodstock and then find me the fat person. You it's, it's really difficult because back then, what did they eat? They ate unprocessed steak and chicken and green beans and baked potatoes. And, you know, with a glass of whiskey, like that was like, um, sodas weren't very prevalent back then um beer wasn't as prevalent then as it is now um and so like people kind of by accident just because that's the way it was then um uh, people ate fairly healthy kind of by accident and most people were in shape just naturally but it's but we're not there anymore um so losing weight versus getting strong two different things uh, Two of my favorite sayings are uh, abs are not made in the gym. They're made in the kitchen. And then and the other side of that coin is you can run your ass off, but still not lose any ass. So um, if you want to lose weight, you have to change your diet. Otherwise, you're just going to be a really strong fat person. And then if you want to get strong, going on a diet is not the way to do it. I mean, like I said, they, they are two different sides of the same coin. Um as far as diet goes, um, our biggest problem in America right now is uh, obesity. Again, we, we live in the only country in the world, as far as I know, where you can be a, an extremely poor person and be extremely fat. Um, and that's because, like, sugar is in everything now. Right. The, and sugar is the big problem. Like, um, when you eat sugar, it causes your liver to spike and you get extra glucose in your blood and then extra glucose in your blood, like your body burns what it needs for energy and anything that's left over gets stored as fat. So people think if they eat fatty foods, like if you eat bacon, oh, bacon's fatty. If I eat fat, I'll get fat. But yeah. One of my other favorite sayings is the only thing wrong with fat is that it has the word fat in it. Exactly. Um, your body is designed to burn fat for fuel. But now people are like avoiding fat and you see it all the time at the grocery store. I'm going to I'm going to buy low fat butter or low fat yogurt or low fat milk or whatever. You really should be buying and consuming like the full fat because that's what your body needs for fuel. Because if you fuel your body with fat, it'll burn what it needs and get rid of the rest. Right. But if you fuel your body with sugar, it'll burn what it needs and then store the rest as dot, dot, dot fat. And that's how you get fat. Right. Right. And people that think like. Obviously, we know that like cakes and candy and chocolate, everybody knows that that has sugar in it. But like if you actually really care enough to look at the ingredients of what you're buying, you see that like food manufacturers are putting sugar in everything now. And like anything that ends in the letters O-S-E, like glucose, saccharose, sucralose, fructose, all of that is sugar. Right. So 
if you want to avoid sugar, look at your ingredients, avoid anything that has the, that ends in the letters OSE. Um, and if you tell yourself, well, I don't, I don't eat sugar. I eat Splenda or whatever. Um, your liver doesn't know the difference between actual sugar and artificial sweeteners. Your liver will still spike. Your liver will still produce extra glucose in your blood and you'll still get fat from artificial sweeteners. Um, and also the biggest ones are anything that is grains. So anything that's flour, like bread, um, anything that's made out of flour or corn or rice, that is also sugar. And I'm not saying, you know, that you can't have those, but you definitely need to uh, watch that. Uh, right. You definitely need to, to kind of dial that down. So uh, people talk about calories all the time. Do you know what a calorie is, Chris? Um, for the sake of this thing and for the listeners out there? No, I do not. Jamie, what is a so, calorie? Okay, so a calorie is not something that you eat. So, so you, I think this is done on purpose. Like food manufacturers, they put this the little nutritional label on the on the food packaging, and it's it's very confusing. And I think a lot of people think that calories are something that you eat, like uh, that like calories are like in food or something like it's some kind of food ingredient that you eat or whatever. Um, but it's not. Uh, the de actual definition of a calorie is it's a one calorie is a unit of heat energy. And it's the amount of heat that's required to raise one gram of water by one degree Celsius. So it's it's the difference between putting gas in your car and measuring your miles per gallon. So gas would be the food. Calories is your miles per gallon. Right. So right. Um, I told you the other day I ran a 5K race and I ran a 3.2 miles in 26 minutes. Guess how many just off the top of your head. Guess how many calories I burned running 3.2 miles in 26 minutes. Um, 3,500, 410 calories is what I burned Look at that! by running 3.2 miles in 26 minutes. You know how many calories are in a can of Coke? Just one 12 ounce regular can of Coke. Way more than that. Nope. No. 140 calories. But the point I'm trying to make is if I drink one can of Coke or if I drink three cans of Coke, like me running that 5k race is the nutritional equivalent to as far as like canceling each other out to cancel out only three cans of Coke. So again, this is why diet and exercise are two very different things and you have to treat them as two different things. You can't going to the gym is a terrible way to lose weight because when you go to the gym, you actually drink more water, which is a good thing, but it makes you gain weight because you, your body retains water. You, you gain like the, the number on the scale will increase, right? Right. When you go to the gym, you burned all this energy, you burned all this fuel, and now your body wants it back. So you have these, you have, you actually crave more food after you go to the gym. And then also people do all this, this, this thing where since I went to the gym, I can reward myself with a Baconator from Wendy's, you know? Um, so a lot of times going to the gym will actually cause you to gain weight. Um, so you have to treat your diet as a diet. You have to treat fitness as fitness and you can't you have to eat right to lose weight you have to go to the gym to get strong and you can't cross the streams on that right um so a lot of people you like if you actually look at how many calories you burn in a day and you actually burn more calories when you're asleep than than while you're then you're working out i mean like, like i said i just told you i ran three miles at a pretty good pace and only burned enough calories to cancel out three cans of coke right um so how do I get in shape then? Um, 
I actually just had a, one of my good friends. He and I have been friends since like 2006. So how many years is that? Like 17 years, 16 years, something like that. We've been friends. And he's always been a heavier guy. And like now he's, he's the same age as me. He's getting a little bit older and he has a kid and he wants to be in better shape so he can like do stuff with his kid and hopefully live longer. So he reached out to me. How do I do that? So that, that's not, it's kind of like the last podcast, you know, people reach out to me fairly often and you too like, Oh, what gun should I buy? So um, this is a question I get asked fairly often. I have three pieces of advice that I give everybody. Um, number one, do something every day, like carve out time in your day and make yourself do something. And, and this is a big one for me. This is one that I hold myself to, because like I said, even though I've been in shape for a really long time, I still have to talk myself into it every day. I don't necessarily wake up every day chomping at the bit to do it. Um, make yourself do something every day. And if you just make yourself do something every day, and if you're a gym person, go to the gym. I, I'm really not. I don't, I, honestly, my hand to God, I could not even tell you the last time I went to a gym. I don't, I don't like going to gyms. That's not my thing. But if it is your thing, make yourself go to the gym every day, put on your workout clothes and stand there and stare at your watch for 30 minutes and then change and leave. But if you make yourself do that every day, you will eventually get tired of wasting your own time and you'll start doing something. So just make yourself do something every day. Okay. Um, number two, find something that you like. Like if, if going to the gym is not your thing, but again, this is one of those like mindsets that people have, like just by walking through the front door of the gym, I'm going to get in shape. Like if that's not your thing, if you don't like lifting weights and you don't like using fitness equipment, like I do not, I, I do not, I hate going to a gym. I hate it. Uh, and that, um, so I don't do that. I don't go to a gym, but find something that you like um if you like swimming if you like hiking if you like uh, you know if you like hiking you can turn that into rucking and um you people can research this on their own but like actually by rucking you burn way more calories and stuff than than you actually do by running and to me it's a lot more enjoyable but find something that you like and if you can find something that you like that you can do every day you can find a way to tweak it a little bit to turn it into a fitness activity um so a lot of times with that you find something that you like if it's something you like doing it's probably something that you've already been doing and most likely it's free or or roundabouts um you don't have to go and spend a bunch of money to get in shape you don't have to go buy an expensive gym membership you don't have to buy this nordic track to put in your house that you saw on tv um like again another example like when i was in buds we had to do um rucksack runs and your ruck weight it had to be like a percentage of your body weight. And I can't remember what it was, but it was like to make it fair. So that like, if you're a, if you're a 150 pound dude, you're not carrying the same amount of weight as a 200 pound dude, you know? Right. Um, but to make our ruck weight, all we used, we used sand, a trash bag and duct tape. We would, we took a trash bag, put sand in it, weighed it. Once it was at the right weight, we tied the trash bag up and then wrapped it with several layers of duct tape to, to make it tough. So it wouldn't tear and dump sand everywhere. And that's basically free, you know, a trash bag and some sand and some duct tape and you have a ruck weight. So my point is you don't need to go out and buy a whole bunch of stuff. You don't have to go out and buy a mem gym membership. So if that's one of the excuses you have in your head is, well, I can't afford to get in shape. There's tons of stuff that you can do for free or, or for very little cost. Um, 
most of the time now I work out here at home. I have a 50 pound kettlebell that I bought at a yard sale for like $15 or something. Cause if you do go to a store that sells fitness equipment, it is pretty expensive. If I were to buy right. that same kettlebell at a store, it's going to be like 80 bucks or, or maybe even more than that. I don't know. I haven't looked at them in a long time, but I got a kettlebell that I bought at a yard sale that somebody else is getting rid of. Um, I made my own set of like, uh, like pull up rings, um, out okay. of some stuff I had around the house and some, uh, some, uh, webbing that I got from work for free. So anyway, long story short, you don't have to spend a whole bunch of money. So number one thing is make yourself do something every day. Number two piece of advice, do something that you like and, and tweak it a little bit to turn it into a fitness activity. And number three, start out slow and then slow down. Okay. I'll say like that, that again. Yep. Start out slow and then slow down. The number one mistake that I see from people that decide they want to get in shape is they, they immediately want to go hard straight out of the gate. Like I'm going to, it's new year's day. I'm going to go get a gym membership tomorrow. I'm going to go to the gym every day. I'm going to hit it hard. And what ends up happening is you, they do exactly that. They come out of the gate. They come out of the holster guns blazing. Um, your body starts to hurt, your body gets sore, you're not used to that, you feel like you can't walk, you feel like you can't move, you get discouraged, you've been to the gym three days this week, you step on the scale and you've gained five pounds instead of losing weight. And But again, it's for those reasons that I said, when you, when you work out, you drink more water, when you work out, your body craves more food, and when you work out, you tell yourself you've earned that Baconator from Wendy's, right? But um, start out slow and then slow down. Don't like, do things at a pace that's manageable, that's not burning you out, that's not hurting you, and you're going to be way more likely to stick to it. Because if you go hard out of the gate, you're going to get discouraged really quick, and you're just going to stop. Um, okay. And, yeah, that makes and sense. That's Yeah. So that's uh, – I think I hit everything on my little list here about how to get started. There it is. So, you know, it's – Great knowledge, and, and obviously, thank you for for sharing some of that. Um, you know, we 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 talk about this, uh, and and uh, you know, I know we have some members from Zert that listen to this. I know there's other people that aren't members from Zert that listen to this, and you know, um, I and and I was honest with myself in in the beginning of this, and like I said, each day, and 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 you and I had this conversation about the scale, and you know, counting macros, and this, that, and the other thing, and um, eating, and paleo versus keto, or or whatever. But you know, um, when I went and got weighed before my knee surgery, I was I was shocked because I knew that I was losing weight because of the way clothes were fitting, um, but I didn't realize. I guess how much weight I had lost. And then what's funny is since November and I started, cause at, up until then I didn't have a scale. I did not own a scale. I went out and bought one. Um, and ever since that day in November, I have been in this 10 pound rut where I dropped 10 pounds from what I was weighing in November to, you know, spending a weekend in Wildwood, New Jersey and coming back five pounds over what I weighed in November, right? Um, because yep. you stopped eating the way that I was eating and you just start eating junk. Um, and even getting on, stepping on the scale, because Sunday we had a little barbecue. So, you know, 
we were, I was grazing and drinking and, and eating chips and crap and, you know, stepping on the whale again, uh, on the whale, on the scale on Monday, I was four pounds over that initial mark from November. And then within, you know, three days of eating normal, I'm, I'm back down to, I don't know, six pounds under that initial mark, but it's this back and forth battle that I'm on. And again, I'm not doing anything, um, to burn calories or to exercise and, and the things that you're talking about, you know, I'm trying to just eat right, which, um, comes in a lot of different ways, right? I mean, you know, getting, buying a, a, a pound of chicken and, and cooking it in the air fire fire is great. But the moment you add a marinade to it, if it, if there's sugar in it, you're adding sugar to it. Right. So yeah. It's, and, and you know, you hit on, I was going to say you hit on another point, but you really, you're really hitting back to the same point. I mean, like all of this stuff is a spectrum and right. all of this is give and take. And uh, you know, all of this is, is successes and failures. And I mean, e- even with me, like if you look at my social media, you can look through the pictures and you can see where I have, where I tend to go in waves over time. Like I'll go in waves where I, I lean down really lean and I get really in shape. And it's usually if I'm like training for something particular and, and then I'll, you know, then I'll ease up and then I'll come to the kind of the top of the wave where you can see like my face looks a little bit fatter or whatever, but, um, so the scale should not be your only metric to gauge success. Um, uh, you know, this is, sorry if this makes me sound like an asshole, but this is like one of the arguments I used to have with my ex-wife. Um, I go in waves where I'm in better shape and then I kind of fall down and I get a little bit out of shape and then I get in better shape again and then I get a little bit out of shape again and so on. But I have worn the same size clothes for 20 years. So there's times when I'm in better shape and I feel stronger and I feel better and I look better. And there's times when I'm a little bit heavier and I feel a little more sluggish and I feel like I'm getting weak or whatever, but, and yes, the numbers on the scale have gone up and down and up and down. But as like, as long as I've, I've worn the exact same size clothes, the exact same size pants, everything for 20 years now. And so that it's just like when you're doing land nav with a compass, you know, you're going to, you're going to bear left. Sometimes you're going to bear right sometimes, but as long as you're still moving in the, in the correct general direction, you're, you're still going to get to your destination and be okay. Um, so again, it's a spectrum where you need to live in the middle. You can't live in one extreme or the other and you can't get discouraged and, and you shouldn't just give up and quit just because the number on the scale isn't what you want it to be. There's, there's, especially when we're talking about health and fitness, um, the number on the scale is just one way uh, to measure where you're at. And right. it sh- definitely should not be the only metric, but right. And so as, as, as we, as we kind of wrap up today's episode, we, you know, we'll touch on a couple of things and, and I'm sure that this is a topic that we will, we will visit again in the future. Um, you know, as we, as I know, I'm, I'm going to continue, you know, my fitness journey. And, and, and I guess what I want to drive home to this is you, you don't have to be Jamie's fitness journey. You know, you don't, you don't have to be the marathon runner's journey. Just be on, just do something right. I mean, you know, and, and for, for whatever that reason is, um, you know, but if it's something you're interested in, reach out. I know that I have chosen to 
eat differently and eat healthier than I was. Um, uh, you know, I found out what worked for my body I, and I've tried keto and I never tried the paleo thing. I have to be very cognizant of what I can eat because of, um, a hereditary thing called gout, which is just horrible. Um, which, you know, hinders me from just eating red meat all the time. Um, and you know, eating too much chicken will actually, is actually not good for you. So I have to mix between chicken and fish. Um, and I sprinkle a little red meat in there, but, um, if you're interested in something like this, reach out, reach out to, reach out to us, reach out to Jamie, reach out to, you know, there's nutritionists out there. I mean, or just read a book. I mean, I'm sure there's some, there's some information out there, but it is a journey and it doesn't happen overnight. So that's all that I can pretty much wrap it up with. Uh, Jamie, do you have anything? Yeah. I mean, um, I guess I kind of do have the military to thank for like showing me, uh, or, you know, teaching me how to be intelligent with fitness. Um, but nutrition is like a Rubik's cube. Um, and the, if I was going to recommend a book, uh, the one book that finally made nutrition make sense for me, um, because when I was younger, when I was in my 20s, it literally did not matter what I ate. I could eat as much of anything I wanted, and it didn't matter. Um, but once I turned 30, then it started to matter. And I didn't really understand nutrition because um, the fact of the matter is the things that most of us were taught as children it, is wrong. For And a, a quick example of that without going down another rabbit hole is we were taught as children, you know, drinking a glass of orange juice for breakfast is healthier than drinking a soda. But if you actually look at it from a nutritional standpoint, drinking a glass of orange juice is exactly the same as drinking a can of Coke. Right. Orange juice is just as bad for you as drinking Coke. Um, so nutrition is very confusing. And so the, the book that made finally made me like actually understand nutrition and finally made me be intelligent about nutrition and nutritional choices is a book called fitness confidential. And the author is Vinny Tortorich, and it's just like it sounds. It's T-O-R-T-O-R-I-C-H, Tortorich. Um, again, the title is Fitness Confidential. That's the book that finally made fitness make sense for me, um, and, and I constantly refer back to it all the time. And then if you enjoy listening to audiobooks, the audio version is even better. It's very, very entertaining. Um, it's, not, it's not boring at all. It's, okay. Uh, um, and so, yeah, like. If I could, if I could wave a magic wand and help everybody um, get into better shape, I absolutely would do it. But if you don't want to do it, then don't. Uh, you know, I, I'm not going to come to your house and kick your door down and make you do it. Um, but if you're not going to do it, be honest with yourself. And, and also, don't fool yourself into thinking that, that you are as prepared as you think you are. Because um, if you want to find out the truth slap on a, a 40, 45 pound backpack and go walk five miles and, and you will find out the truth. Very, very true. Very true. And, you know, um, like I said, th this, this will be something that we touch on periodically throughout here. Um, you know, as we, as we see more and more, uh, classes and people going to classes, um, you know, and we see the guys that show up in the plate carriers and that's another thing. If you want to, if you want to test yourself, Go to a class in Phoenix, Arizona in August wearing a full plate or wearing full kit, plate carrying all, and see if you uh, see how long that lasts. But they are, like we said, be, be honest with yourself. Um, and 
uh, seek out advice. Yep, that's all I got. Awesome. All right. Well, until next time, Jamie, it's been a great hour and 20 as usual with you. I always look forward to to our shows together. And uh, stay safe out there, guys. And, again, we appreciate your support. Feedback and uh, comments are welcomed and appreciated. Until next time, we'll talk to you guys later.